Hey everyone, we are back for another exciting episode this week with so many amazing things. Plus, we meet Marita Begley from the Queer Big Apple Corps. We will also find out what made Steven say... And it is huge. Like, however big you think it is, it's bigger. It's huge. And it's an awesome time. You get to see a drum corps show as well. And why Beth said... So what are your Greek letters? Like, what? To give us more. Like, I want to know more. All this and more on this week's episode of On a Water Break. Let's go. Set it up. Top of the show. Form, check form. Cover down. Do it again. Run it back. And we'll see you at the show. Welcome to another episode of On a Water Break, the podcast where we talk about everything that you and your friends are talking about at rehearsal on a water break. I'm Jackie Brown. We have an incredible feature interview this week. That's right. We are talking to Marita Begley, the drum major, and so much more for the Queer Big Apple Corps, the queer marching band that is wrapping up their busiest month of the year in New York City with the giant Pride Parade. She has been with the organization almost since its beginning. There are so many interviews and amazing people we get to talk to, and our guest hosts are very anxious to jump on the Long Ranger and take over our water break. They created a color guard sorority, and we will meet them in just a moment. But let's see who's hanging out on the sidelines with us this week. Hey, Beth. Hello, Jackie. How are you? I'm good. I'm excited to see you. Yes, we get to see each other. I mean, all of our listeners have to just imagine. But yes, it's great to be here and chat all about our favorite stuff. Well, while everyone is imagining, um, we are very beautiful and voluptuous women and just completely put together face perfect we are wearing makeup on we have beautiful backgrounds and everything okay i love our our guests imaginations okay (laughs) ashley (laughs) hey everyone (laughs) hi ashley i have not seen you in a while either so i'm glad you're back yeah i know it's been a while i moved like last month and it's just been crazy Everything's been crazy. My birthday's tomorrow. I'm going to be 25. <gasps> Yay! <Hey>. Happy birthday. <laughs> 25 was a very good year for me. I'm just saying. That's what I'm everyone my blessings on to you. <laughs> <laughs> and well, Steven, you. are you 25 yet? Yes, I've been 25 for a while. And honestly, <gasps> it's been a pretty good one. I didn't realize that Ashley was younger than you and took over your spot as the youngest. Just a little bit. I'm the baby. <laughs> Some of us yeah, have no. been 25 for a I long just time. saw you recently, Jackie. <laughs> I know. I saw well, you like yesterday. No, not yesterday. It's, it's been a couple days. But we still. recorded some fantastic interviews. I'm so excited to get this episode going. I am too. Oh my gosh. We recorded so many great interviews that night. I, you guys, seriously, if you're not subscribed already, get on that because there's so much great stuff coming up shortly um and also i have got to introduce our two guest hosts this week whenever i uh sadie actually hooked us up and whenever she told me about this i said what they did what i have to get them on the show uh this is tori wallace and theo harrison and they created the first ever color guard sorority so welcome to the show guys 
Hey. Happy to be here. We're happy to have you here, and I'm super excited to get to know uh, both of you guys. But right now, I don't think I've ever met either of you, and probably most of our audience has not either. So <laughs> what we do to help catch everyone up to speed is what we call your life story in 32 counts. It'll give you about 30 seconds just to catch us all up to speed, uh, let us know everything we can know uh, about you. So why don't we, uh, Theo, would you want to get us started? Sure, let's go. Cool. You get eight and in. All right. So I was born in Jackson, Mississippi, moved to Texas when I was a young baby. A uh, small little country town about an hour south of Houston. Uh, rose to the ranks of law, went to high school, you know, joined band, loved it. Uh, I was, you know, one of very few black people in band. Fun fact, I was the only, the first and so far only uh, African-American to make 5A Allstate in Texas at my school. So that was really cool. Ooh. I was a uh, Went to college at SFA, got my color guard start and had a lot of fun there. Did I make it? That was it. <laughs> that was a great job. No, that's great. Uh, Texas was my favorite part of tour when I got to go and do a drum corps and get around a little bit. Really? I, uh, it's always people's hottest part yeah, of tour. <laughs> but I like the dry heat. I felt like that was uh, like so much better than being in like North Carolina and it's swampy and just like wet everywhere and and pretty much close to as hot some days. Some days. Yeah. But I... I uh, I guess I got to call him out because uh, we have another host who just showed up and I hope he brought Ooh. Starbucks. Tom's here. Hi, Tom. Tom. Oh my God, man. Um, I do have Starbucks, but I did not bring enough for everyone. Oh, oh, sacrilege. Party foul. <laughs> I just, so everyone knows if you're ever late, I drink, a frozen hot chocolate. I'm not a coffee girl, but I will. I will demolish a frozen hot chocolate from Starbucks. <laughs> and frozen my dog. Hot chocolate. It's interesting. Right? Doesn't that sound like an oxymoron? Like yeah, it's an oxymoron. Frozen and hot. <laughs> it's both. It's delicious. All right. Well, Tori, let's uh, let's get going with your 32 counts as well, so we can get to know you. You ready? Uh, yep. Hey, I'm Tori. Um, I was born in Florida, moved around a bunch as a kid, ended up in Texas, um, where I went to SFA as well. That's where I met Theo. Um, did a color guard there, marched drum corps, um, got my degree in speech therapy, which is where I've been working for about eight years. And now I live in Dallas with my family. Um, I have a two-year-old boy, and I'm currently expecting my second, a girl, due in September. Yay! Oh, my oh. gosh, I'm so excited. Yay! Uh, thank you. My baby's almost two, so I'm like, oh, a two-year-old? What? <laughs> yeah, two is fun. So, so Except Theo when it's not. <laughs> right. So Theo and Tori, you know, I'll, I'll direct it to Theo first, and Tori, feel free to chime in. But, like, what made you guys want to start this sorority? So at SFA, um, we had, you know, KSI, we had TBS, and we had, you know, Phi Buddha Ruta, which was uh, for uh, percussionists there. Um, and uh, they serviced the band, you know, really well. And there came a point in time 
where we all decided kind of, or the founders kind of decided like we kind of want to offer that same level of support for the color guard um as well as you know the same thing that tbs and capes case i were offering for the band we kind of wanted to specialize it for color guard as well so we kind of started with the whole idea of like kind of expounding on the idea of the appreciation uh, of color guard as well as like the service to our color guard program as well and so that's kind of how we got our start there well that's exciting and then and then tori like what what kind of response did you get was it immediate was it did it take a little bit of time and 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 when did you start you know when when did this all happen yeah um so we founded in 2009 um the response and interest at first was kind of everybody in the guard was ready to join and be a part of it um and then once we kind of got going and we're making it our own you know then we had some people drop off and but always new people coming in and kind of um you know after about a year form like a real solid group of sisters um that had you know kind of stayed with it and we still have a good alumni presence to this day well that's that's important because that'll help you continue to grow as you keep going, you know, when they see that alumni involvement, I think that helps. I know I see that with, with Tavi de Sigma, that alumni engagement really makes a difference to the current members. So what are your Greek letters? Like what to give us more, like, I want to know more. So our Greek letters are Phi, Rho, and Psi. Um, and as, as silly as it is, the English translation was the letters are, you know, F, R, and S, which stands for flag rifle saber. Um, oh, and so it's just, it really is just that, you know, I we all sat in the room, fortunate of us. That's we, so great. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's pretty perfect. That's like... So the Greek letters, Phyrosai, you know, translate into FRS in English. And so we decided to go with uh, Phyrosai. I totally dig that. That's, that's, a, that's amazing. Have you been, hey, Tori, have you been reached out to by like any other schools to start chapters at their, at their yes. schools? Yes. So we have gotten interest from multiple universities. We are still working on creating our beta chapter. Um, But there's definitely been interest. We're working with one school that we're hoping to, um, you know, get to work with more once they uh, start school in the fall. Um, But that's really one of our biggest projects right now is um, trying to get that beta chapter created at another university. That's fantastic. And did SFA, um, like, do they acknowledge you as part of Panhellenic or is it just, are you still considered a service or local or how does that work? So we're, we're not Panhellenic. No, we were, we were definitely under the service umbrella once we, uh, once we started. So definitely not, you know, next to the tri-delts and the, and the, and the, <laughs> and the, the teaks in right. terms of school <laughs> or for, um, Greek life, but we definitely were closer to the social uh, slash services sides at uh, SFA. That's so great. I mean, I know, I'm sure that there are plenty of people listening right now that are going to be very excited about this and might be in touch with you at, for their schools and their programs, because this is a great, a great opportunity to, for engagement for all members of the band, you know, to, to have that, that opportunity, not just CBS and Kappa, you know, Phyrosai. Um, I'm totally digging that. I, I just, I love that. So, so what's next for you, for you guys? I mean, we just talked about expansion with a beta chapter, but is there anything else you guys have, have in the works? Honestly, it's, it's, it's 
the ceiling doesn't exist. Like our first stepping stone is this podcast. Our next stepping stone is, you know, getting our name out there even more. Our next stepping stone is getting out to any universities. Our next stepping stone is working with WGI and GCI. You know, it just goes on and on and on and on because our core, our core purpose of this of this organization was to to um, extend appreciation and love of this activity. And it's just that simple. So as far as we can, if we can do that as much as we can, the limit does not exist. I know that's a silly answer, but you know, it's, it's, we, I want to go, I want to, we want to be as, as far into this activity as we possibly can. Well, I think that's pretty exciting. I don't know about anybody else, but I'm pretty excited for you. I, I'm well, excited. I'm sure I, yes. Like my, my thoughts are like, I, I'm kind of running through the possibilities of what this is going to mean to so many people. Cause like, I know when I was, when I started in, um, in, uh, Tau Beta, when I was a freshman in, in marching band in college, like there was a color guard family within Tau Beta, but there wasn't like, like a color guard support system really. And, you know, there were so many people coming in and rushing, um, in Talbeta that year that like, it was like, well, what, what, what family are you going to get in? Like only one person can be in the color guard family from your class. And so it was like this whole, which I don't know if that's how it's supposed to go, but that's how it went where we were. And it was this crazy, this crazy thing. So I had to like rush and I had, um, you know, which I love the people who were there and who were supportive of me, but it was just like so generalized. And I came from a small town, small band, everybody's really tight knit having to like, get to know all of the color guard and get to know all of these band members and all these Tau Beta members and everything is like, so it was so big. And like, I feel like this could be such a solid sort of family familial support group for these people who, you know, they're spinning together, they're doing service projects together. They're working together. They're that I, I just, I love it. I'm I seriously, I'm, I'm so in love with what you guys are doing. What's fun is that I, I wasn't in color guard when I joined, when I helped found the organization, <laughs> I was the band. I was in band. Like I was a band. I was getting my degree in music education at the time. And of course I loved all my, I mean, Tori was there. She was in color guard. We were friends. Um, and I had a lot of color guard friends, but I wasn't in color guard when we first joined, uh, or when we first founded the organization. Um, I subsequently ended up joining color guard and, you know, becoming a backyard Betty, becoming, you know, assistant and then a person <laughs> captain. And then like I became president and like now, now I teach color guard full time. And so like it, it was, it was transformative for me in my career and in my life because without Fiber Side, I don't think I'd be where I am right now in terms of like my career. And so, like, I, and we have people on national council who were not in, um, who are not in color guard, who just appreciate it and love it and want to support it. And so, that's even more special about the activity because we can get people who are in band or people in percussion or people who are twirlers who can just be in Fiber Side and just love color guard. That's what it's about. That's fantastic. I love that. I mean, yeah, uh, I'm a win player, so you know, I I shouldn't spin anything, you know, except for my <laughs> except for my head, maybe occasionally. But yeah, um, so I think it's, but I think it's great. I think it's really wonderful to to have that kind of experience and an opportunity for a lot of people and a lot of fans that just want to be part of that, you know, support of you know supporting the activity in all genres. I think that's fantastic. Yeah, I kind of wish they had something like that at my university because they had SAI and PMA, but I never really felt like I would have fit into those kind of spaces. So I think it's a really cool opportunity for the generations to come that they 
would be able to have that place to fit in and feel at home. And it's just innovative. Nobody did it before. So you're the first. I think that's, that's we're this little special. country, little university in East Texas, you know, like it really was groundbreaking for me. Um, and just kind of like working through adversity, working through like nothing, like we had nothing when we started and we just kind of like build a constitution, build our, you know, everything from the ground up. And so it's something that Tori and I are really proud of, um, because we can, we really just, we really like birth this, that everyone <laughs> it could have done it, but we kind of just birthed this in this country town in East Texas with, you know, 14 other members and we just like did it and we just jumped and here we are now, you know, years after we graduated and we're now working with the National Council to push, push it to more universities and let everyone else experience the joy that we felt when we were in college and even now afterwards right how many uh members would you say there are now today compared to the like 14 or 15 that started it tori do you know what class we ended on what, was, what class we were on oh oh that's a great question i mean we've had a rush class at least once a year since 2009 some years they had a rush class in fall and in spring um oh, wow. so you know, um, but we, we do only have the alpha chapter at Fireside. I couldn't tell you how many members they have right now, but, um, that's impressive though. More than you could, could count really easily at least. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's get into our gush and goes. Now, this is the time in our show where our hosts and our guests get to gush and go on about anything that they want to having to do with the marching arts. Let's start with you, Ashley. What do you want to gush about this week? Um, so this week, we um, I finally got all of my measurements in for my color guard members, sent them off Yay! to the designer. I was like, yes, I'm so excited. We're using um, Show Day Designs with Joe Heininger in um, Philadelphia. And we used him last year, and he, I just sent him whatever, and he's like, okay, got it. And he designs literally the most beautiful costume or uniform ever, and I'm like... I love that I didn't have to pick it out. Don't have to think about it. It's so awesome. <laughs> Steven. Yeah, uh, I've been watching some drum corps videos. We're finally getting to that time of year when there's like some little leaks coming out. Uh, so I got to see Carolina Crown do their first show and BD do their first show. And honestly both of them were so so good i loved both of them a lot bd like i'm not even usually much of a blue devils fan but their show is just like really jazzy and just colorful and fun this year it's it's gonna be like a really great summer i'm interested to see to see these as they go but i kind of i kind of want to wait until i can see them live so i don't know that's always nice i mean i spoiled that for myself already but <laughs> <laughs> You should do that, though. Tom, are you ready for a gush and go? I, I am, and I've missed a couple here because I have been absent from rehearsal. I um, missed you. But like Steven said, it's the most wonderful time of the year. What's <laughs> <laughs> better than uniform reveals for me are drum color reveals. <laughs> oh. Uh, is there one that's your favorite? Really sexy looking drums this year. Those drums are looking really beautiful. 
throw that out at Pearl. <clears throat> Pearl drums are the best, man. <laughs> but this is a fun time of year, yeah. Uh, and like Steven said, man, the, the groups have had like four to five weeks to rehearse an entire production show. They're going to come out on fire in the 70s, like out of the gate this year. I mean, it's all exciting. (laughs) (laughs) Beth, what do you want to gush about? Tom, I wish we'd get a little more excited about this. Yeah, I wish first I just want to gush and go on. I feel like I want to gush and go on about Tom and going on about drums. I think it's hysterical. Like, he's awesome. I love his passion. Um, but maybe I might make him a little jealous because I found out today I'm going to be working uh, the DCI East show in Allentown this year. I'm going to be one Ooh. of the volunteers. So I'm jealous too. If you're How fun! Yeah, so if you're walking through the gate, you might see me. Just saying. I'll see you. Make sure I you might have to make a visit. Yeah, you might Get have to funnel cake. Get the fun. I know, right? It's, it's <laughs> funnel cake, pierogies. It's there. Well, there's going to be a bit of a shift this year. Little preview, just letting you know. So you know it might not look exactly the same as it did in years past. Huh. Stay tuned. Oh man, mm. I want to gush about open <laughs> class course, just sort of in general. Um, I saw a really interesting discussion on the Facebook drum. I think it was the Facebook drum and bugle core group over on Facebook, and it there were some people talking about, you know, they got cut from their world, their favorite core or their world-class core or whatever. And they're like, Oh, why am I even trying? And it's like, like really, you know, there's a lot of people who talk about their history of like just going to a world-class core and then auditioning and then making it before doing anything else, like walking out of high school and into a world-class core. And in reality, like that is so rare. It is so, so rare. There are so many people who, who go from a really good high school program to a really good college program um, and or they go and they march in open class core. And I started out in an open class core and a lot of people I marched with started out in open class cores. And uh, a lot of people I marched with in world class started out in open class cores. So go check out those open class cores. Open class will give you the experience that you need to get to world class. If you don't make it at your world class core, uh, you don't make it at your dream core, you know, you get cut you're not going to get any better by sitting at home on the couch all summer. That's, that's all I'm going to say about that. You're not going to improve your chances of making it next year. If you're sitting mm-hmm. on the couch at home all summer. So get to an open class core. It is absolutely like, it is such a great experience. You still get the experience of going on tour. It might be shorter, but you're still going to get the experience. You're going to know what you're doing better. Uh, you get to work with really incredible instructors and stuff. So and the education I, is no less. You're not yes. getting any less of an education. You're right. Tom. Thank you, Jackie. <laughs> yes. And, and it's a great experience. I'm still friends with everybody. I marched with in open class and I'm probably only friends with like half of the people I marched with in world class. So I, <laughs> uh, Tori, do you want to gush and go on today? Sure. Um, so I'm also excited about, you know, DCI this summer. It's been a couple of years since I've gotten to go to a show just with, you know, the pandemic and having a baby. Um, but I'm excited to try and go uh, next month when they're up in Dallas um, and take my son to his first show. I Like we've already stated, I was in Color Guard. My husband was a drummer. Um so the marching band roots run deep in our family. Um, 
he plays drums at home with his dad, but I'm excited to buy him one of those little mini flags or something so I can plant my little bug in his ear for a color <laughs> guard too. <laughs> I think he's going to love it. I immediately when I had a baby, I bought him one of those tiny little king rifles, the little tiny baby ones. Oh, mm-hmm. perfect. So yeah, definitely do that. Get him that mini, get, get that mini flag. <laughs> Theo, what do you want to gush about today? I want to gush about um, kind of the activity, like marching arts in general or club arts specifically, but marching arts in general about like, the diversity and inclusion that has taken place over the past like 10 years you know what I mean I know it's been ongoing and ongoing but it just seems like every time I turn around like we are breaking down new walls of things that could happen for people I know a couple of years ago I had a deaf girl on my team and people all the time are like how does she do it I'm like she's not dumb she just can't hear do you know what I mean so it's like <laughs> and so it's like eventually and she did four years with me and she was great and people were always like shocked like how did she do it what, and you, what do you mean she has to toss catch that pop toss like everybody else it was just it was just so <laughs> cool and just you know seeing you know all body types and skin colors and hair types be celebrated on the field um it's just it's really cool to see that like you know color guard is no longer the 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 uglier fat girls who didn't make dance team or cheerleading like we're <laughs> our own standalone thing and we we accept so many people and we give everyone a shot and and to do to have fun in this activity and it's just really cool to see how it's kind of transformed from like when I was in high school they were like no boys allowed you know and now Mm -hmm. I'm teaching at the very high school that I graduated from as a male color guard director it's like somebody had to give me a chance so like it's just it's just really cool to see the activity kind of getting out of you know weird ruts and kind of pushing the boundaries uh, on diversity and inclusion within the activity well we are going to continue our pride celebration in today's episode we had the pleasure of interviewing marita begley uh she's a remarkable person who has led the queer big Apple for 20 years marita has led the band to win more than 50 awards in parades and LGBTQ plus pride events, including twice making history as the first LGBTQ plus band to perform in the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade in 2022, which is where I got to meet their color guard. (laughs) (laughs) Under her direction, the band has tripled in size and attracted corporate sponsorships, quadrupled its donor base and annual budget, raised the number and stature of its appearances and attracted huge crowds at iconic venues and events. Uh, When the Pride Band Alliance, a group of queer marching bands from across the country, uh, created a mass band to march in the inaugural parade of President Barack Obama, she was awarded the coveted job of serving as the artistic director for this 200 plus uh, organization of musicians, color guard and twirlers from the 34 member bands across the United States. Please welcome Marita. Hey, this is Christine Ream. And Chris Green. Guard Closet was founded as a consignment business in 2000. Since then, it has grown to include Winter Guard, band, percussion, 
and other genres. We can help you with custom flag and costuming designs. Our consignment inventory has plenty of great looks for your color guard, drumline, and marching band. Pay it forward. When you purchase consignment, you help other programs. Last year, we sold over 400 sets of consignments and returned over $125,000 in payments to our consigners for their sales. Additionally, Guard Closet offers custom and pre-designed costumes, flags, floors, and formal wear, full or partial show writing, educational programming, and other services. Max out your rehearsal time and set up a microsite for easy student ordering for shoes, gloves, and other equipment. The Guard Closet team is here to help you get everything you want and need for your season. Check us out at guardcloset.com and follow us on social media. Welcome back to the podcast, guys. We are here talking to Marita Begley today, and she is the director of the New York City Pride. Now, you're going to have to tell, correct me on the title here because I know it's a long one. It's the it's the the Big Apple Queer Core, correct? You've got all the words in it, but it's slightly scrambled. <laughs> it's <the> queer- <laughs> Tell us we the correct the, version. We, we are the queer Big Apple Corps. We used to be, for decades, we were the lesbian and gay Big Apple Corps, and we went through a tumultuous process last year, and we landed on queer Big Apple Corps. Okay. I, I love that. I love the way it rolls off the tongue like that, too, when, uh, clear whenever you, you, know the, <laughs> you know the order of the words, but <laughs> the sort of sound of it. So tell us a little bit about yourself. How did you start to get involved with marching band what did you play what like let's go back to the very very beginning with you and yeah actually let's uh (laughs) yeah let's do that let's uh let's get started with a very quick rundown just 30 seconds or so just tell everyone sort of who you are and where you come from and then we'll break it down a little further from there but uh when you're ready to go i'll start the met are you ready ready to go Okay, I was born in Atlantic City, a carnival town. I'm a carnival girl. I'm a, I'm a show girl. I like schmaltz, uh, all the schmaltz, and I'm obsessed with marching band. I was from childhood on. I don't know why. I have my earliest memory is pushing away the legs and getting to the curb to watch. And uh, I've been in marching band from high school, college. I played clarinet. I have never taken any professional training. Uh, my training has been hands-on with marching band in the LGBTQ world. All right. Nice. That was perfect timing. Perfect timing. And so interesting too. You grew up in Atlantic city. Mm-hmm. Yep. Wow. That's, that's super interesting. Um, so you said you've been the one you see now. It was, it was a very, very interesting place to grow up. Not so much now. I think it's, it's kind of down at heel, you know, but, a little uh, bit for sure. But you know, I, I just, it's such a storied history in that town. Um, yeah. So you've been with queer ensembles through your whole journey? As soon as I got out of college, I moved to New York. I came out. Uh, about a year later, I came out, I should say. And um, at my first Pride March, which was, I came out in July, so I missed the whole thing. And the following year, I'm standing there with a bunch of lesbian feminists. I wasn't even quite sure what that meant. That's how fun. <laughs> I was. Uh, I was just looking to meet women, frankly, and uh, I heard four whistles and a cadence. Changed my life. 
And it was what was then wow. called the New York City Gay Community Marching Band. I was, I'm jumping up in the air. I'm like, what is that? What is that? Where is that? They're like, oh, it's just a gay band. I was like, wow, obsessed, trying <laughs> to find it. It's, it was 1980 and, or no, excuse me, 1982. And it's really, really hard to find things. There's like a phone book. And uh-huh. they don't really listen, right. you know, lesbian and gay band in the phone book. Yeah. So um, I found them by the end of the summer and I joined immediately and it was small and um, uh, not very good, bluntly, <laughs> not very good. And uh, I, I began wondering immediately, like, how can we make this bigger? How can we make this better? And um, me and a bunch of other people certainly didn't do it by myself. That became like job one for about 20 years. It took us about 20 years to start yeah. to actually build it into the, um, what is net, what was the foundation of what has become, I think in a funny sort of way, I describe it as kind of a force of nature. Huh. And That's any man how... can do this, but it's work, it's work and time and money. That's so interesting. So when you first got involved, how many ensembles and what was the size of the ensembles, sort of maybe where they perform? Tell us a little bit about what it was like in your early days of involvement in queer bands. Uh, We rehearsed in a loft in Chinatown. There were, I think when I joined, there were maybe eight people in the band. Uh, The clarinet section had quit in a huff, so there was no music for me specific clarinet music i know isn't it hilarious <laughs> the trumpet player and every week he would kind of inch the music like oh i'm like trying to see the music we're in a trumpet and clarinet are in the same key so uh and then then a new man joined who was a really really uh gifted conductor a man named sam Ginden. and sam mm-hmm. uh word got out and the clarinets came back so i was able to have music and um, I was under—I mean, I was undeterred by the size. Uh, the conductor that was there quit at my second rehearsal. He got mad about something and stormed off in a huff. And then we had a trombone player named Trudy, who would get up and go a one, a two, and we'd play some songs from the Sousa book. I mean, we were pretty—we uh, were pretty lame. Uh, but I didn't <laughs> care. I was in a marching band again. We hadn't marched anywhere yet, but we were just sitting in this loft in Chinatown. And the owner of the loft had all these pets. And one day we got there and the cat had had kittens. I mean, it was just, everything was a wonderful free-for-all. And very <laughs> auspicious beginnings for what we ended up becoming. The following year, we changed our name. Uh, in the spring of 83, we changed our name to what it was for decades, the Lesbian and Gay Gapel Corps, which was a very political thing to do in those days. Right. Um, lesbian was a, was so pejorative it would be like saying the C word. I can't even impress upon you enough how like it was like foul language, you know, so to put it in our name at all. And then to put it first, uh, the men in the band were really great about it. They were very supportive of the women who were trying to advocate for the, mm, the sort of anonymous second half of the community, which was the women. And, um, and and we began to with this new conductor. We had we have two ensembles. I didn't answer your question. We have two. We had two ensembles, and we still do. We have a symphonic band, which is um, a sit down band that does indoor concerts and sometimes outdoor, but mostly indoor. They do two major concerts a year. I play clarinet with them, and uh, us. It's us. <laughs> and uh, then there's the marching band. Some people like me are in both. Some people are only symphonic bands. Some are marching. And and it's not a symphony and it's not a concert band. 
That's the difference is strings. We don't have strings. I mean, it is a concert band, but symphonic sounds fancier. So we started calling <laughs> ourselves symphonic band. <laughs> and they yeah. have the same name. Queer. We're, we're one organization. So when the name changes, it changes for both ensembles. Oh, okay. That this it's such an inspiration to see like how far you guys have come. And this weekend, you're gonna be in the New York City Pride. So what are you what are you doing right now to get ready for that? Well, we have we have a very this is the busiest week of our year. Uh, we have and we have some an unusual thing happening this this year that's kind of a one off tomorrow night. Uh, they are renaming a portion of the street along Washington Square Park. They're renaming it Edie Windsor and Thea Spire Way. And so we're going to be playing at that. Not 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 everyone can make it because it's happening in like three in the afternoon, but a bunch mm-hmm. of about 40 of us who are going to be there. Uh, Edie Windsor was a huge supporter and a huge fan of our band. And uh, I once said to her, I said to her, Edie, this is your band because we were so in love with her. What The woman was an an amazing, amazing person, just on a human level. I've never, I've never seen a more giving, more real person. She cared deeply about every single person who came up and hugged her and thanked her and whatever. So at any rate, the band um, had a special place in her heart and she has a forever place in our heart about a, a good portion of the overlays that the band wears are donated, were donated to Edie, to the band by Edie. And they, they have gift of Edie Windsor sewn into the into the inside of the overlay. So that's tomorrow. And then uh, <laughs> Friday night, we have, Thursday night, we have our last rehearsal before New York Pride. Um, and we have a little awards ceremony where I get to give out awards to, you know, Rookie of the Year, Captain of the Year, Best Section, that sort of thing. And then uh, Saturday, we play at the Dyke March where we stand still and the parade comes to us. And that's a very exciting, oh, very so euphoric cool. thing. And then we have New York Pride on Sunday. Wow. So this is your busiest week all year. This is like the most performances you have. Um, My question is how like this, you know, you talk about this little group and how, you know, sort of disorganized things were at the beginning. What was it like to get everybody ready and go to the Macy's parade last year? Because I, you know, we kind of talked a little before the show about how I actually got to meet your color guard at the Macy's parade in 2022 what was that experience like getting together for that? Well, you know, New York is such a funny place to try to rehearse uh, because w- w- if you saw our actual marching rehearsal space, I, I'm not kidding you. It's a triangular shaped park. So there's already a problem you can imagine. <laughs> right. As the band grew, the only place that we fit, because we're seven across, the only place we fit is and in the middle of this, this uh, triangular shaped park is a circular fountain. Swear to God. And we march around. <laughs> and every time we go through the set, which is five songs, we make a U-turn and we go back the other way so that the people on the one end don't get tired from the giant steps and the people on the inside uh-huh. don't get tired from the little steps. <laughs> so uh, so there's a rehearsal space. And I, I went there and it's, you know, in the, in the fall when we started really rehearsing full time for that moment on the Macy's Green where you're standing in this oblong, uh, there, there's no oblongs, no right angles in Foley Square, which is our rehearsal space. So 
we tried one night there and it was so hopeless. I couldn't even figure out myself where, who was supposed to be where. And there's an adjacent space, an adjacent square, which had squad cars parked in it and paddy wagons and bar- had all these weird obstacles. But it was oblong and it was big and it was lit. So that's where we rehearsed. Uh, what, the first time we did the waltz, the, you know, the walk-in where you shoot in like a like a crazy the red like ready a, line. Let's go. <laughs> and that running in thing. We don't do that. You know, we don't do that ever. And our band had people in it in their in their sixties and seventies and mm-hmm. and you know, young as teenagers. So we're you know we're learn we the first time we shot in there in that in that in that uh, square. A rat, someone said a rat ran right under my feet and I, I almost stepped Gosh. on it. Isn't that amazing? Oh. And, <laughs> and we had to scoot around the paddy way to go across the top of the hood. And we're trying to, you know, get in there in time. So we did it over and over and over and over. And I'd say, do it again, do it again. And, and we positioned, we wanted the flags to be on camera. So we had musicians, flags, musicians, flags, musicians, flags, musicians. We had these sections, right? And so we're jammed in this time. It's tiny square. And we had the space, you know, marked out for the amount of space that we were told that we would have. And in the very early weeks of the rehearsals, people were constantly getting hit with flags. So we would finish a run through of our song, which was I like it like that. And I would you'd hear me on the microphone that we recorded our rehearsals. I'd say, who got hit? How many people? Okay, four. (laughs) Getting better. We're getting better. Only four got hit? (laughs) Oh, no. God, nobody got hit. Oh, we didn't spin. Okay, well, let's try it again. Oh, people got hit. We bent a trombone one time because the flag got hit the trombone. It it took a while, but we stopped getting hit and we started to we started to get into a groove. And I made them do it just basically over and over. They were so willing. We did a little choreography. They taught, they learned the choreography. And the and I'll tell you this: the moment on the on the green, right? We had the dress rehearsal. They let us go after one run, and I was like, "No, no, we need to do it again." I didn't feel comfortable. I knew they needed that confidence, so we ran it a second time, and then we're actually on the green, in the middle of the routine. And because I teach and then jump in as a drum major, I I was the least mm-hmm. uh, practiced of anybody, and I had the drum majors running the our movements quickly with me before we went on. At any rate, I said, "Run them one more time." And I realized, oh, my God, because we'd done it so many times, I was nailing it. I said, oh, my God, I'm not screwing anything up. That's so unusual. But I was <laughs> off in the I really wasn't worried about it. And then I said to myself, I felt this electric thing, like, through all of us. And after I had that thought, and I said, oh, my God, we're all nailing it. I just felt it, like, mm-hmm. in my gut. Yes. Like, we were, like, giant energy connecting us, and we were all fully present, fully there, fully nailing it. And when I saw oh, the tape, yes. that's awesome. I am a perfectionist. I'm the, I'm a perfectionist worst nightmare. I'm a perfectionist perfectionist. <laughs> and we're amateurs and we don't, we only rehearse once a week, blah, blah, blah. But I have to say, I'm astonished at their achievement. It was quite extraordinary what they did, especially knowing what yeah. the rehearsal conditions that we had. And, you know, it's symbolic of the years of effort that you guys put in, just learning how to do it, establishing your ensemble and, and mm-hmm. learning how to make it happen in a, such a large city like New York. It's it's clear that this is the fruit of your labor from a long time of, of really building the community and making it happen. Um, I what, think what's true. I think that's true. What would you say, since it's clearly been a lifelong journey, was there one moment uh, or anything that made you say, I'm going to do this forever, or you knew this was going to be a lifelong thing for you? 
You mean this thing as in as in the Big Apple Corps specifically, or do you mean just marching band? It can be both, but I mean, if there's a moment for the Big Apple Corps, that would be interesting. My God, there's been so many moments. Um, a moment, a moment. You know, the the moments that really kind of matter to me the most are actually very small. Um, they're usually, uh, you know, just my seeing people in the band, uh, you know, connecting, or I see people's in, in, in personal triumphs, you know, somebody loses a parent, say, or they go through some really hard time and nasty breakup or something. And I see how the band pulls them along. And I, I had this realization a couple of years ago, and it's still true. And I'm kind of astonished at, about it. And I'm, I think it, it speaks to what the band means to all of us who are in it. And I try to, I try to not put myself as like, I'm up here and you're all down there. I'm not that kind of a, a person. I'm more of a, you know, everybody, like everybody in the pool. In fact, somebody once said that the difference between me and this other person that was involved in the organization was that they had all seen me in my bathing suit. I mean, I'm just in there with, with them on every <laughs> level. And I don't like to put myself, I mean, I'm very much, uh, a bossy person. I like to be, I'm a bossy, I'm a director, right? So at the same time, I don't make myself as on a different level. And a lot of people um, have confided in many, in me many, many ways over the years. And I see them get through these things. And I guess the thing that I started to say, I, I detoured from is the suicide rate in the band is zero. And it's been four decades mm. to change. So uh, I, I think that's, that's incredible. Things, given given how oppressed a lot of people in the LGBTQ community feel, marginalized, you know, you know that kind of thing, childhood what a, traumas. What a testament! A what a supportive group you have to have that to have such a great statistic for you. Yeah, the the band is very much is very collaborative, you know, and um, they're they're very independent people. A lot of them are 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 very uh, strong willed and artistic. And, um, we have a, we have a, such a great group. We, you know, in the early years, because we were so desperate for members, we had some real whack jobs in the band, <laughs> a lot of difficult people over the years, in the early, early years. And I remember one time around the time I became director, uh, which was, uh, 2004, the president at the time said to me, what are we going to do about, you know, the squeaky wheels? I said, they're going to oil themselves or they're going to roll away. We just keep raising the level of the band yeah. and they'll either fall in line or they'll, and that's exact. I didn't even know what I was talking about, frankly, but that's what happened. It did happen. They, several <laughs> mm -hmm. of them rolled themselves and are still with us. And several of them have rolled away to whatever, to bother somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's such an incredible story. Um, it's been a real pleasure getting to hear about this all from you. Uh, we'd love to have you back on the show sometime after you get to wrap up all these incredible events you're doing and, and get to hear a little bit more about uh, all the crazy great things you guys are up to. Um, but one thing we do on the show all the time, we call it a gush and go. Uh, just give, just take like 30 seconds, a minute, whatever, just whatever you want to talk about, anything you might want to share with our listeners. Uh, this is your platform, a, a quick moment to do so. Um, so go ahead. What would you want to gush and go about, Marita? Okay. Uh, well, I will say two things came to mind. One is that the Queer Big Apple Corps is what I like to refer to as the marching band love of my life. Um, mm -hmm. I will, you know, they joke that they'll have to, they'll have to carry me out, you know, but um, the, I have a, I have another goal in mind, which occurred to me, I should maybe throw it out here. I've been given 
so much knowledge and experience and information, like I said, on the job training, not only within my own band, but from members like we were talking about before this call about other band, the other bands in, in the Pride Bands Alliance. So some of these folks are no longer with us and they bequeathed so much to me and I want to pass it on. I want to help smaller bands in development. I want to help grow bands, LGBTQ or otherwise, but particularly within the community. I would love to be able to be a resource in any way, shape or form. How can people reach out to you? What are the socials, uh, the social media handles for for you or for the uh, the the band itself or a- any way to get in touch with you guys? Uh, well, what do you suggest? I don't I don't uh, I'm not much. I'm on Instagram. I'm on those things. I'm on Facebook. I'm pretty easy to find. They can friend me on Facebook or message me. Um, I don't think I should give my phone number. But no. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not. I wouldn't well, go that far. They could reach do you have a page? Oh, do, do you I have, have a what? page for the uh, the queer big apple core? Yes, uh, our website is qbac.org, www.qbac.org, and they can uh, on there they can go into any number you know message the band or you know I want to there's things that say I want to just say you want to hire the band or you want to join the band say anything and just say I'm trying to reach Marita, and I'll and I'll respond. Okay. He'll get to me. <laughs> That's great. Great. Well, we have to uh, start getting the band ready for the uh, Pride Parade recap. So let's get Marita back, and uh, I'll see you guys back out on the field. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. Hello, it's Tim Hinton, the Beast of the Marching Arts. I'm the host of the Marching Roundtable podcast, and this next week we begin our summer podcast series with interviews about the DCI 2023 season. We've reached out to every DCI core and offered to do an interview. These will be released all throughout the summer at marchingroundtable.com. There'll be an audio and a video version of each podcast. We start this first week with the Cavaliers, Drum and Bugle Corps, which is celebrating their 75th anniversary this year. It was so great that six of their designers stopped in the middle of spring training with the Corps to talk with me and talk about the show. They have really created something special this season, a real treat for any Drum Corps fan. The show includes some classic favorites like the opener, which is a new arrangement of the Rudder Gloria. Arranged by Richard Salcedo. Yes, he is back as the arranger and brass caption supervisor with the core this year. The show is also full of Easter eggs, those little visual and musical bits they include which will make drum corps fans feel smart and remind them of those Cavalier corps we've all loved through the years. Here are three excerpts from the podcast. First, we hear from Richard Salcedo, then program coordinator David Starnes, and finally, battery percussion arranger and percussion caption supervisor Mike McIntosh. Um, it's just for the Cavalier fans. You know, I, I want them to maybe hear some things that they remember, but but hear them in, I hope, the most beautiful way where they can say, you know, I kind of knew that was coming, but I didn't know it was going to come like that. You know, and um, I just, it's all about goosebumps, uh, at least for me as a, as a writer. As I was putting the closer on paper, it's like, how many goosebumps, how many teardrops can we get from people here? When you have a chance to play a melody from a choral work, or when you have a chance to create an original melody, or when you have a chance to to remind people of why they love music, 
through melodies that bring them back to memories and a time that they were a different place in their life. Why do we not capitalize on that stuff? And I just, that's, I think more than anything, we're just excited about people leaving the stadium, humming a melody this summer. Easter eggs are very intimate because they mean something different to everybody. And everybody here on the staff is bringing back in their mind, what made the Cavaliers special for them. So just as another, another part of the title, where you'll find me, this is where you will find us as fans of the activity and fans of the Cavaliers as we regenerate, you know, old bottle, new wine, what we're, what we want to bring to life in, in 2023. You can find the podcast series all summer at the Marching Roundtable. The Marching Roundtable podcast is proud to be an official media partner of Drum Corps International. So Jackie, what stood out to you about the uh, interview with Marita? Oh my gosh, there was so much. I mean, I think really what stood out to me is just that she was such a down-to-earth uh-huh. person. Like, she was so, like, in herself and, and just so real. And, yes. you know, the amount of experience yes. that she has is just incredible. Yeah, she was such a real person. You are so right. She uh, And she's just lovely to talk to. Um, something that really stood out to me was um, the way just – it grew from such a humble beginning, like over three, was it three or four decades ago? Either way, it's a tremendous amount of time ago. So like she was both a a trailblazer along with the other people that uh, like initiated and had their first like couple years there. But just to see it all the way through to, you know, being in the Macy's parade and, and just the success they've had was so impressive. Yeah, and for it to be like making it in something like in New York City is just yeah, that's amazing. And it and it just sounded so cool. Every story sounded so cool. It would be like the different neighborhoods she was in, and like the kind of just like I don't even know how to describe it. There was just so many different little cool aspects to the stories, just because they'd be in New York and just like in apartments and stuff. Um. But have any of you guys ever marched in a pride parade before? Um, I have for like eight years, I think. Yeah, go ahead, Theo. I marched with the um, Houston Pride um, band uh, for, I think, maybe six, seven, eight-ish years. I've lost track at this point. But um, what's what's fun about that is that uh, it's, it's always, you know, end of June, June it's, 100 plus degrees and it's so <laughs> hot and so so crazy but it's so rewarding and fun and um like speaking of like the, the pride band alliance i just as of like an hour and a half ago i just got elected to the board of directors for the houston oh. pride band congratulations and, you know, thank you Yay. thank you one of my talking points is like wanting to bring color guard you know wanting to kind of start a pride guard here and kind of um because as i'm a musician and a, a twirler at depth i want to just connect the world a little bit more and just kind of be that bridge and liaison between the, the, the Houston pride band, which I play flute in and um, the guard world in Houston. We have a lot of talent here. And so we can really be doing some cool things here, but the pride band pride festivals are always so fun to do. So a little stress, just go out there, have fun, you know, push out in the wind and be have fun. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Well, absolutely. Uh, 
I was the caption head for the percussion program at the San Francisco Renegades Senior Corps. Right. Oh, and well, yeah. For for I don't know, like oh five to like oh nine, they would do the pride parade in San Francisco. And the first year that I was with the program, I just moved from New Hampshire. I never really experienced anything quite like that before. Um, I had the time of my life, but what an environment of just love and celebration. Uh, it was like probably out of any parade I've ever done in my life, the funnest parade I've ever been part of, uh, for sure. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I haven't actually marched in one, but I've been to uh, one or two. One that I saw that was just amazing last year when I was in, I actually was lucky to go and visit Ireland at the end of June, and I was in oh Dublin when they were having their Pride Parade. And that was like, it was amazing. There are so many bridges in the city and stuff like that. So it was just like curling along all the bridges and it was just a huge parade. They're the best. I have done the St. Louis Pride Parade. Uh, it's not since before COVID, but I did it like three years, so many years beforehand. And it is so much fun. And the people who show up who to, to be in the color guard there, it's like, you have people who you marched with, people who were your instructors. Like my one of my former instructors from Blue Stars is Chad, who like is the head of the of the color guard, the Pride color guard for the St. Louis Pride, and uh, and like so like I'm spinning with my instructors, and so it's just this incredible like experience to be able to be with these. And then I got to bring some of my own students to come and spin as you know they got a little bit older and didn't have to like worry about traveling so far it's it's kind of a drive for us but yeah it's just it's so nice like the people are so excited to see you and so happy to just be there and it's such a such a like celebration of of so much love that you know performing for everybody is is just a, a different type of experience and i love parades anyways i'm like the parade <laughs> you know you've said that multiple here. times on the show i have i feel like i say that every other episode how much i love parades because it's <laughs> because it's weird because I'm strange. Nobody else seems to like parades as much as I do. Yeah, you're like the only person I've ever heard say that. Zach, you're the person that walks by the drumline in a parade, and we all just kind of glare at you. <laughs> I've got a big smile on my face. Like, woo, yeah, parade. I'm happy. Seriously, though, I, I love parades so much. So I'm sure that's something I need to work on in therapy, but... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Do a parade in Texas, and I want to see if you still have like that same smile. Because Texas heat is is rough. I love parades, but I love them when they're done. Because it's just so hot down here. <laughs> it's just I don't know. Just hey, just buy me a plane ticket. I'll be there. Let's go. Next year, I got you. All right. Well, well for more inspiration on a uh, pride parades from all over the world, go to pridebands.org and check it out. There are some great resources over there for those in the LGBTQIA marching community. All right, guys, it is time for the news. Our hosts are coming in hot with some great news stories to both inform and entertain you all this week. Let's start with Beth. Well, so we are in HBCU country talking about Tennessee State University's aristocrat of bands. Uh, they are in, unveiling their own exhibit in the National Museum of African American Music. Uh, so they've already been honored this year um, with a Grammy 
and they were perform they performed at the White House in the president's Juneteenth celebration. So they are getting lots of nods and recognition for their for their participation and, and wow um, what they've been contributing to the to the community. So um, they won like I said they won a Grammy and they were the first marching band to ever debut in a live performance at the Opry. So the Grand Ole Opry, they were the first the first band to ever do a live performance there. So it's been a pretty big time and pretty big June for TSA. What what a cultural icon, right? And and trailblazing. I mean, they're just they're just saying, oh, what ceiling? We didn't see a ceiling. We're just going, and we're just going to keep yeah. going on this trajectory to like you know to Mars. I mean, it's it's unbelievable what they're able to accomplish down there. It's great. Ashley, you've been busy. Yeah, so um, if you don't know already, if you haven't listened to the last episode, um, there's actually um, a new podcast on a water break in Rhinestones um, where the host, Lexi Duda, who's one of my former teammates, um, she's interviewing twirlers from all over um, to see what their experiences are, talk about twirling in college. Um, the first episode is with Kylene Spanbauer. She... Um, went to University of Iowa. She was the Golden Girl Twirler um, for four years. Um, and she is actually currently Miss Wisconsin right now. Um, she's about to give up her title this weekend um, to the next Miss Wisconsin for 2023. Wow. And um, she actually became Miss Wisconsin because the previous one became Miss America. So <laughs> she's... Yeah, she's got some big shoes to fill, but she absolutely um, did a great job the past few months um, since becoming Miss Wisconsin. She's always been such a great twirler and such a great person. Um, I haven't personally met her, but like seeing all of her, her posts with um, Miss Wisconsin and throughout her college career, I've kind of followed along um, as well. So if you're not following the pod podcast, you haven't listened to it. Better get on it because it's pretty great. I had an interview with Lexi um, in the last episode, um, and it was really great to catch up with her because um, we had twirled together for about 10 years. So it's it's been a while. <laughs> yeah, that's that's crazy kind of. That's like the whole length of my entire marching career. Right. You, so, you did like, with just her. Yes. Uh, twirling is like everyone starts out so young. So, like, starting out at, like, three or four, that's, like, normal in mm -hmm. the twirling world, whereas other people are, like, but you don't even know how to walk yet. Like, you're not even potty trained, but you're, you're spinning a <laughs> stick around. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, no, that actually explains a lot. That's why everyone's so talented. You start early. Yeah, yeah, that's, uh, that's the key, at least for twirlers, to be great and continue, but, yeah. Um, Tori, what's your news? Yeah, so um, Florida Memorial University's Roar Marching Band from Miami will be making history. They will be traveling to France to perform at the 26th Annual Band of Bullies Festival. And this is the first time a college from the United States has been invited to perform with other marching bands from around the world at this festival. Um, so the band is excited to um, show off their sounds of jazz, R&B, hip-hop, and rock and roll um, and share that with the rest of the world. 
That's really cool. I've always wondered what marching bands are like from other countries or even if it it exists there. So that's so oh, I love that we've gotten we've gotten so much perspective, I feel like, perspective on it from just even just doing the podcast. Like it's so cool. Uh we right, are yeah, gonna we, be doing uh, yeah, Steven, you wanna talk about it? Oh, no, I was just going to say, if anyone's a newer listener, we've got some uh, episodes stashed back there with people from Latin America. Um, We've had a couple international guests already, and I definitely know a couple more folks we could have in soon. So I love getting to do that. You know, Cynthia, our 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 host from Canada, is doing the uh, Lost in Translation podcast episodes. So pretty excited to see how uh how that all goes goes and like it'll educate us basically on the international marching band world um yeah staying uh, with the national real quick i'm also trying to work on a friend uh in the netherlands Ooh. oh that gap as well Yay. yeah yeah That's we should awesome. definitely talk because i marched with a, a german bass drummer in dca he came over to March C2 for like uh, just 2016 when I was, that was my first year of drum corps ever. Uh, so we should, uh, we could definitely get some European folks involved for an episode. For sure. So everybody who's listening, make sure you are subscribed so you don't miss out on learning about marching bands all around the world as we continue to do this. Um, I'm going to bring it back to the States though, not my state, but Oregon, if you are anywhere in the Pacific Northwest and you want to go uh, relive your marching band days, the Robin Hood Festival Parade Marching Band is an alumni band that is being put together um, for this this really cool town in Oregon called Sherwood. It's just outside of Portland. And uh, they are there. This is their 70th year of having the Robin Hood Festival. So they're 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 going to have like a big Facebook group. Yeah, 70th year. This is amazing. Um, of the festival, not of not necessarily of the band. I don't actually know how long it's. Oh, the band has been going for 19 years. This is their 19th. So um, yeah, if you're interested, you can uh, contact the Sherwood High School band director. His uh, email is bstai at sherwood.k12.or.us. Just send him a message and he can get you some more information and get you hooked up there. The parade is Saturday, July 15th. So it's coming up really, really soon. Uh, They are going to be doing two rehearsals right before the parade. And, uh, and then they're going to do a parade of just alumni people. So I, I want to go. I, I, this is really late news for this year, but maybe next year. This sounds like an awesome what The school mascot is at Sherwood High School. I'm going to guess Robin Hood. Like, literally, (laughs) just looking at all of this information about the school. It's not like the snake or. It's Robin Hood. I think it's Robin Hood. Is it Robin Hood? It. I, it, yeah. looks like it's, it looks Maybe like it's not. that Robin Hood is also the mascot. Like, I'm looking. Um, they're going to be providing t-shirts for everybody. So. You want a free t-shirt? I mean, you better go. You want a free t-shirt? <laughs> yeah. We're, 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 it's, yeah. They call it a bowman. And it looks like they have so hats. it's not Robin Hood. Know. It's a bowman. So it's somebody shooting. It's a dude shooting an arrow. Hat? Like their oh, it's a t-shirt. bowman. Okay. 
Yeah, Your computer is much faster than mine. <laughs> Thank you, Google. <laughs> Steven, you got a, a story for us this week. Yeah, I do. This one's actually a pretty cool one. Um, so the Los Angeles County Board of Supervisors voted on Tuesday to provide musical rehabilitative programs for uh, certain juvenile delinquent halls. Mm. Um and what they're able to do, they're actually going to be building a drum corps program within the juvie system in in L.A. And they have a budget of like $500,000 for two years. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Yeah. So it's going to be a big focus on percussion. Uh, but they even quote in the article that the goal is really just to like try to help develop uh, students uh, through music education, which I just think is so cool and I love it. That's amazing. What a great way to rehabilitate somebody. Tom, how do you feel about that? Because <laughs> uh, that's your that's your neck of the woods, right? Out there in sunny California. Uh, I, I, it'd be cool to see him at WGI. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Would that count as a, uh, a high school competitive ensemble? ability to perform at. <laughs> <laughs> Does it, say, does it say who's involved with that? Like Roger Carter or anybody? <laughs> uh, it looks like, man, I'm trying to skim the article through here. I mean, it, I know there's a lot of SoCal guys down there. Uh, it doesn't say here. Um, it says the uh, the juvenile hall, Barry J. Nedorf, but uh, that's uh, that's all we got, unfortunately. But Maybe you'll know. Maybe that would be a cool thing we'll learn about later on. Yeah, look it up, folks. They could have some jobs uh, there. For yeah, it. maybe they could need one. Maybe this is your time. Uh, Theo, do you want to uh, tell us about a certain special event that's coming up that is very near and dear to both of our hearts? Of course, of course. This one's fun because I have personal, you know, attachment to it, but the 2023 uh, Music for All Summer Symposium will be hosted uh, from June 26th through July 1st uh, at Ball State University in Muncie, Indiana. Um, this is like a really big, huge, nonstop, you know, make you better approach to becoming better musicians, better spinners, better leaders, better percussionists, and, you know, better educators as well. Um, I think it's the number one leading summer camp for high school students and high school and middle school band workers in the country. Um, and so you should really definitely check this out. If you have not attended, look it up. It's really cool. I myself have attended the CGIA track, which is the Color Guard Instructor Academy track. I think I lost track. It's either five or six years. You have to ask Susie. She knows that number. <laughs> um, I attended for five or six years um, and it was groundbreaking uh for me in as an educator to learn you know different techniques and um how to how to deliver certain things and and just make me an overall better educator for my program my my you can you can probably tell um i have to find the data somewhere but like i the year before i went was an okay year the year after i went medals left and right trophies i was so just a way better educator and so i i give a lot of my um I tip my hat to uh, the members and the instructors of the academy because they're so amazing. And so, look it up. Definitely take take a dive. Like, go to Indiana. You know, go learn from some really, really, really great people 
and um, you know, join the join the CGI family if you're part of the Color Guard um, or the Band Director Track. I don't know what sort of kind of family they got, but the CGI family is very strong, um, and we we still support each other um, even years after people have attended. Yeah, I got to attend it uh, twice actually uh, when I was marching with Crown, and it is huge. Like, however big you think it is, it's bigger. It's huge, and it's an awesome time. You get to see a drum corps show as well because um, they have a big competition that weekend in the uh, in the arena and it's it's really it can't be overstated it's it's a fantastic camp and it, it, they literally can cater things to any level of experience that you have coming into it you know there and, and everybody has such different all of the people who are teaching it have such different um, experiences themselves you know some are more geared toward the school education side and some are more geared toward independent education and some are more geared toward, you know, dance and movement training and, and things. So it's just, it's awesome. It's, it's great. Go, go to camp.musicforall.org to sign up and uh, everybody. Thanks for such a great rehearsal this week. Thank you so much to our hosts, Ashley, Beth, Stephen, and Tom. And then of course, thank you to our guest hosts, Tori and Theo Thank you both for coming. Uh, how can people like learn more about you guys and your sorority? Like, do you have a website, social media handles? Yeah, um, you can find us on Instagram at Fireside Color Guard Sorority um, at Phi underscore Row underscore Sci, and then we also have a website. Uh, firesidenational.com where you can get a lot more in-depth information and reach out to us that way as well. I'm following you right now because that's how we roll. <laughs> wait, 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 Jackie. Before we go, just I think everyone needs to understand the urgency of there is only seven days until the season starts. <laughs> <laughs> It's true. It's true. We got to do it. <laughs> uh, don't forget to go follow while you're on Instagram, following the Fyro size sorority. Uh, don't forget to follow the marching pageantry arts museum. That's marching underscore pageantry underscore arts underscore museum. Uh, the drum major leadership Academy at DMLA training and our friends at drum Corps today. Go subscribe to our podcast. Write us a review. Share this episode with a friend and make sure you follow us on our social media at On a Water Break. We will see you at the next rehearsal on a water break. Go practice. <laughs>